Moncrief on News Talk. I'm delighted to say I'm joined in the studio once again, straight from their tour of the flesh pots of Austria, Barbara Scully and Declan Buckley. <laughs> yes, we're back. You're back. We're back. Uh, look at it's being refreshed. Mind. Yes. Salt mines, not flesh pots. Oh, fl- oh no, salt mines and flesh pots. I, I, I know they had both. Uh, what a wonderful country. Uh, right. Uh, here's your first question today. Uh, yes. I have a query about a guy I'm dating. It's very new as we're uh, seeing each other five weeks, but I really like him. Apart from being incredibly witty and very interesting he's possibly the hottest guy I've ever dated so I'm very pleased with myself we really do bounce off each other really well however it's the way he kisses that's the issue it's not quite Charlotte and Sex in the City who gets her chin sucked by a guy but we're not far off to be honest he is incredibly messy and the whole experience gets very sticky. He ruins my makeup up all around my chin or cheek areas. I learn not to wear lipstick as it will inevitably end up behind my ear or on my forehead. He jumps in too hard and his tongue is like a cement mixer. I'm wondering, <laughs> is it something I should teach him? Uh, how I like it, or the average person anyway. I don't want to upset him or make him feel like he's wrong, but there has to be a middle ground where we can have a kiss without me needing to dry off with a towel. I need to know what to say as I really don't want to ruin this I really really like him <laughs> I felt a bit kind of queasy after yeah that was yeah that, that, she, actually there was, was a, like, a points for the most vivid description yeah. of what it's like exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean look let's look at the positives here she's found a great guy who's interesting and who's funny and who's very hot yeah um, so that's good because the interesting and funny will last the hotness will probably fade Um. But the bad kissing, that's kind of unlikely, I think, to improve without some kind of intervention. Um, So, like, it begs the question, I'm not really sure of the answer. Can you teach somebody to be a better kisser? I mean, you'd imagine that you can. But then again, I was thinking, like, kissing is so kind of... um, almost instinctive like you know mm, none of us yeah. went to classes to learn how to kiss did you not do that thing where you kind of learned by kissing on the back of your hand Never. can you no. remember what age you, you, you were yeah, you I, to... I, I, I don't remember the back of my hand ever saying stop that's too much to <laughs> yeah, yeah really well <laughs> <laughs> but my remarks from class definitely came off so but I was like... wondering like when I was thinking about this I was wondering do we base how we kiss on the experience we had with the first person we ever kissed like had a proper snob Yeah, breath. quite possibly. Do you yeah. know, um, and then you'd well, wonder, go, I thought you were about to do a big reveal and kind of. Oh, I can a remember bit of so clearly the first. I think most people can. You can yeah, your first the kiss. first person yeah, yeah. You, you snogged. Um, anyway, so I, I'm kind of. I'm not sure if you can correct it, um, but I think it's certainly worth a try. And I think you know, obviously approaching it gently and without making him feel making it a bit of crack rather than making it mm. deadly serious like look you're doing this and you're putting my makeup behind me here and I want you to do it this way you know making it a, a bit of a joke and having a bit of a laugh with it is good the, th- the thing that worries me about this description of of how he kisses is the kind of slobbery nature of it yeah <laughs> like you can have somebody who's not a great kisser but doesn't need you as she said, to dry off with a towel. I mean, this guy says, like, I have a dog who's a slob. No, I don't kiss my dog, but he kisses, like, he comes over and kisses my hand and he's slobbery. And yeah. it's not great. Like, it's just, it's not great. So I don't know why he slobbers. Yeah. <laughs> like, is it that he has a kind of loose mouth? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> or is it because yeah. he produces too much saliva? It could be that. Somebody says he's, he's, a, a he's a camel kisser. Yuck. Yeah. Is that a thing? Camel kisser. Camels kind of spit, don't they? They're they all do. kind of like yeah. drooly. They actually spit, though. They spit at you. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, so to Might be honest, be. I'm not going to be a hope. I'm not going to be a huge amount of help here. I think it's worth because of all the good things he's going on. Like kissing is kind of fundamental to a relationship. Ah, you know yeah. what I mean? So you need to get it right. So I think because he's got so many good points and she's, you know, enjoys all the other bits about him. I think it's worth her spending the time to try and see if we can improve the kissing situation, which, you know, is, is not something you can say, well, do this and do this and do this. You're just going to have to try and work it out. <laughs> Tell her that. <laughs> Show them. Sorry, I just looked up camel kiss uh, in the Urban Dictionary. That's probably it's, wrong. Oh, That's oh, probably not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Here I we just, go again. I just I want to apologise to anyone who I actually understood what a camel kiss is I'm as usual I'm the one left looking back uh, no well no I just look it up no air. see I can't say it on air okay it's it's well well I can say this it's the female equivalent of teabagging oh <laughs> 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 Let's just say you'd have okay. to be you'd have to be very lithe and have very strong uh, thighs to be able to do it properly. Yeah. Let's put it that oh way. Oh my lord. Yeah, well, that Can I look. go out for a bit and I'll yeah, come back in again? I'm Your totally Honor. lost. Irrelevant. Okay. <laughs> teabagging and the camel kissing. I'm just making a note. Look up relevant. teabagging and camel yeah, kissing. We'll I don't know what either of them are. It's going to be in my book. I knew this was something you should have handled, not me. I'm so unworthy wise. But you know, you said a couple of things, um, Barbara, about this. First of all, you said that a kissing is kind of fundamental. Yes, but it's not um, an absolute, like, there's not a, a, like, a kind of an actual absolute way that it should be done. Some people like what people like and some people might like a bit of, you know, not camel kissing, but something a bit more moist, whereas some people are a little bit more kind of, you know, whatever. <laughs> I, look, all but if the kissing is, is wrong, like everything starts with kissing, yeah, and but if what that's you wrong, like to be kissed, how you like to be kissed by somebody else might not be how somebody else would like to be kissed, and how somebody likes to kiss may not be, you know. So it's kind of like it's it's the meeting of minds kind of thing, and most people have a fairly kind of similar idea of what they think is appropriate or acceptable. But the bottom line is, is that if if this is what turns the guy on in terms of his ravaging you know his lady friend and it's it's not something that she likes happening they have a kind of a technical problem that's not necessarily only about mm. fixing it it's about like who 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 has the authority to, to want to fix it and then who is being who's, so who's hang being on I'm trying served. to follow here because I really feel I'm out of my depth here are you saying that you think it could be as much her as him that he just has a different way of kissing. Yeah. Because like, do you not think then, do you not accept that there is such a thing as somebody who's a really bad kisser? Yeah. Or is it just that you're not compatible in but your kissing? But sometimes people just, their idea of what a bad kisser is is somebody who either who just moves at a, like a, a tempo where you just feel like your mind is taken away from the experience and it becomes like almost like a technical thing. You're kind of feeling everything happening. You're feeling your mouth being touched. You're feeling... As opposed, so it's not like, oh, suddenly you're two hours later and you're still wearing the face off each other. It's, oh, I'm not sure I'm into this. That's like an experience. You know, I've certainly kissed people I didn't enjoy kissing and I'm sure you have too. And the bottom line is, is that it's not always about the fact that what they were doing on a technical level was wrong. It's that something was just That's not... just not compatible. Oh, right. right. There might you be know, just chemistry there. There's yeah. just yeah. not feeling like... You know, because I again, know, Declan, know. I don't know. Do you actually think there's some woman, assuming this guy is a straight guy and the person who's written in is, well, she, yeah, I presume she is. 
Do you think there are women out there who like to be slobbered on so that their makeup ends up behind their ear? No, but that again, I think yeah. there's a certain amount of like, like a certain amount of of kind of writer's pleasure going going into this letter where you know I don't always believe that when people write, she's in exaggerating. Problems, well, it just it's, let's just call it um, you know. I yeah, accept exactly the needing right. to okay. She might be, but at the same time, you'd think with experience when you've kissed more people, no, he'd he'd have a kind of a sense of yeah, that's not there's right. A, there's a minimum, a maximum amount of saliva that's acceptable. Okay, but there's also a certain amount of responsibility you take about what what you're getting involved with. Like if somebody's coming into your facial area full on and slobbery, and you haven't got the the um, either the 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 presence of mind or a certain kind of seductive ability to be able to slow it all down right there and kind of corral it into a way that you like, then it's your problem too. Uh, yes, yes, please. Yes, indeed. Because I mean, look, the bottom line is if somebody comes at you and they're, you know, they're not standing. But is it or, unusual? You'd have obviously way more experience than I would at this. Why are you saying that? Because you just like, would. You, you've been kissing way longer than me. Yeah, but it was a long, 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 long time ago. But, um, Surely most, when you look back at your kissing experience, surely most of the people you kissed was good. It's unusual to have somebody who's kissing. Some people are like, are very much around, you know, some people are very much around the lips. Some people are very like big probers where they, they, they're, they're kind of school. <laughs> or it's like a visit to the dentist. <laughs> but you know what, like, they think their idea of like French kissing is like how deep in you can go yeah, yeah. They're, they're all about I'm like going, I do not like that at no. all whereas for some people that's their idea of what it is that is a bit it's almost like a cement roller you didn't answer there. my question though most people that you've kissed you enjoyed the kiss I will say that there have been a very um, many incidences where kissing somebody was the end for me that it just didn't work out because the kiss was bad. So you've kissed a whole lot of bad kissers. I'm thinking yeah, that you maybe you're the bad kisser before you can kiss somebody from. Germany. Maybe you're the bad kisser then. <laughs> yeah, because well, no, yeah. I would have thought the bad kissers would stand like yeah. there'd be a kind of a meh in you the middle. Made my point. Uh, but bad ones would stand out. You made my point because yes, maybe I was the bad kisser, and, that, and that, because what I'm saying is that it isn't there isn't an absolute kind of that's the right way to kiss and you need to go to kiss No but I'm just saying most people in my limited experience of these things but also from talking to friends most people have enjoyed people they've kissed there's the the outliers are the ones where you go, oh God, like he was really terrible kisser. Mm, yeah. What would you say, Sean? In your experience. In my experience, you'd remember the bad ones. Yeah. Well, because there weren't very many. Yeah. So that was a, a, a lot of like, a lot numbers, of snogs are largely the same. Numbers, numbers. Uh, I sympathise with that listener. My husband produces a lot of saliva. I tell him to suck, swallow, then smooch. Oh. That's oh, the wrong way around. Yeah, I knew you'd go for that. Uh, and uh, says, I'd hazard a guess that the bad kisser is Italian. They are notoriously messy kissers. No way. Total racism there. Uh, it, Anti-Italian Italian racism. couldn't be. Uh, how he kisses may be an indicator of how he makes love. Run a mile. Uh, so Surely they've done that now at this stage. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, okay. Tell him not to do anything and you take the lead. 
Uh, the See, that's kind of part of it as well. Is that is that you know when you're in the moment, is every single you know breath, every single next step is something that you have to be kind of corralling into a, into a space that you're enjoying because it can't like it, it seems to me like this this letter writer is being t- really passive about the whole thing, going oh. and then suddenly five minutes later my makeup is ruined. I'm going okay, well then Bernadette, why didn't you push back a little bit and stop it from happening? Because if it's happened three times already, now you're complicit. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's you know, true. She should have. Happen. She should have. Yeah, but she's still us. in the early days, and she doesn't want to upset him. She's yeah. kind of. She doesn't by, want to make him feel. She's slow down, big boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something like that. Whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, there's, there's loads well, of ways that can. This person says if she teaches him how to kiss how she likes it and follows it up with some mad memorable sex he'll kiss good forever he'll be programmed good I was programmed that's good kind advice of so that's like if she but I mean, teaches him and throws it in a teabag afterwards then my wife David says my wife taught me to be a good kisser when we were going out she's very good and pointed out that my technique was thin lipped tongue dirty and mechanical the lessons were a hoot Ah. Tongue what? Tongue darty. Oh, darty. That's yeah. dirty. Yeah, dirty. Well, he's like... Yeah, that's horrible. Like a little oh, fish. Oh, oh, yeah, no, no. That'll make you think of a lizard or something. That woman gave you, like, a lesson that is, like, you know, life-saving. You're lucky to have a wife, David. I'm in my late... This is in the department of... What do you want sympathy for? But here we go. I'm in my late 30s and feel like I look ancient next to my friends. I didn't think I looked old until I saw a recent photo and couldn't believe what I saw. Lots of my close friends are using Botox in a subtle way, it must be said. But I can't help but feel sad when I compare myself to them. I don't want to have it. But is this an inevitable way we will all go? I'm so conflicted because I hate ageing. But on the other hand, once I start, I'm sure it's not something you can just stop. Uh, Not to mind the cost of it. I want to care less, but I can't help myself. All I see now when I look at myself are droopy eyes, wrinkled skin and tiredness. Do I jump on board the Botox bus? I'm so confused and it's really getting me down. I, I love this problem because, like, I mean, what it, it definitely applies to the person who wrote it. it it's, it's a real kind of a general issue that so many people can relate to. Um, like the whole idea of aging, I think, needs to be broken down into into the different parts of aging. There's what's actually happening. Your own personal aging, like the aging process, what's actually happening to you, your body, your face, and then there's the comparative aging. There's the aging that's happening to you in a social sense, the way that you feel you are aging relative to other people. We all know, you know, that friend that you've got in the gang who thinks that they're the youngest looking of the gang, or whatever, and it's kind of a source of pride. Or there is always. Not always. There's, there's a lot of people that we recognise who spend a lot of time and effort in trying to fight, you know, the seven different signs of ageing using pentopeptides and whatever else, yeah. and, and Botox. And look, obviously it's a multi-billion dollar industry that's been designed to, um, you know, trigger us into, into forking out to, 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 to try to t- defeat the undefeatable because fundamentally what's really going on is that this person has kind of intellectually or philosophically whacked up against the idea of mortality and the fact that she's no longer like a a young child and her friends and all all the people around her are seemingly um, moving along the ageing process at a different rate Mm. to her. I think when it comes down to that though, there's there's two things that need to happen. One is you need to kind of come to terms with with the whole philosophical idea of that. That's a big mad mess. But the, the... 
the the more kind of pressing one is is kind of taking a bit of autonomy about your own choices about what it is you're doing to make yourself feel comfortable in the world that you actually inhibit you know inhabit because it's all very well and good to say Botox is terrible and people shouldn't be spending money on plastic surgery and blah, blah, blah. But if everybody else is and you're the one that's feeling then bad about yourself because they are, there's something weird going on there because there's a disconnect between your certainty about your worldview and how your worldview has impacted you because Mm. everybody else is doing their own body um, autonomy and they're doing whatever is making them feel good. I think there's a certain kind of balance that needs to be hit here when it comes to these kind of things that you, you have to have a certain amount of of um, acceptance of, of the ageing process but you also have to take a certain amount of responsibility for how you're going to feel on a day-to-day basis as you engage with the world at large and I think that separating those two things out will help this person kind of work out what it is that, that is actually really bothering them. Um, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, whatever, a bit of Botox. Yeah, so it's whatever. just is it is just our attitude towards Botox. I think uh, a lot of people. No, it's think. not. No, it's much bigger than that. I think. Um, and when I read this first, I had to kind of stop myself from getting cross, going, "What? You're in your thirties <laughs> yes, still? Yes, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, you're 30s, I had a similar initial reaction. Mac, will you stop already? I mean, if you live to the average age that women are living now, you're not even halfway there yet. But it's actually but when I read it again. No, this is huge. And I think this is huge for women in particular. Is that and I, I it's one of the lessons that I have learned and I've seen it through friends of mine, both younger and slightly older than me. One of the most and it doesn't matter what age you are. I mean, this woman is coming at this kind of whole question pretty early, but still it, it strikes all women at some stage that you have to come to terms with aging. And if you don't you are going to do yourself out of potentially a time in your life that could be the, be the some of the best decades of your life. If you're going to get totally focused, whether it's when you're in your 40s or your 50s or your 60s, on how you look and how your body is changing because you are getting older. Um, and this is something that, you know, and I mean, I've, I've written about this extensively in my book, which is called Wise Up and is available on my website, barbarascully.com. It talks about all of this. And you mentioned the whole multi-billion dollar industry that is built around making women feel insecure about how they look. And it's something that we are prepared for from the time we're very young, that no matter what you do, you're going to be judged on how you look. Um, and we kind of... even It's if, not just women, by the way, but... But, but, you know, but it is. But it like, has been off. just women for a long time and women get it way more True. than men. Uh, yeah. I know men but are I, starting to... Yeah, to it's but definitely women, men a Like lot my now. age... Men didn't have, didn't, didn't deal with that when they were in their teenage years, as we did. And it's incredible <clears> when you talk to women and you realise how much women spent their early years when they are looking at the best they'll ever look, maybe in your late teens and your 20s, hating. Women compartmentalise their bodies and can hate bits of it in a way that men don't. Um, and they do that very early on. So it's a kind of a natural thing then that when you get hit with the ageism stuff that you kind of put that, you, you take that on board as a given as well. So what I would say to this woman is that, first of all, relax, you're only in your 30s and everybody ages differently physically. But no matter what you do, you're not going to anti-age. It's a physical impossibility, as mm. you mentioned. You are the age you are. And the sooner you make peace with how that is affecting your body, be it what she describes her eyes and her wrinkles and her tiredness and all the rest of it. And everybody is different. So you may look a little bit older right now than your friends. But, you know, fast forward for 10 years and you may be still looking the same way as you are now. And your friends have all, you know, they have all caught up on you. So 
Not if they Make keep you, doing Botox. Not yeah. if they keep yeah. doing Botox. That was kind of but my again, point, though, the thing is... about Botox, and I agree with you, you know, I hate being prescriptive about how women should live or what women should do or women shouldn't do because we're all kind of fed up to the back teeth of that. If you want to get Botox, that's fine. But she clearly doesn't. Mm. And you don't have to. And that's one of the things, and it's one of the things I wrote about in the book is that I think older women in particular have a have almost a responsibility to call this out and say, you know what? If you want to get Botox, you don't have to. You can live your life exactly, you know, whatever way you are. And it's great to see women like Meryl Streep and women in the public eye embracing their grey hair and not going down the route of getting fillers and Botox and looking natural. Um, and I think we will eventually change that around. So I would say to this woman, if, you're, if your instinct is not to get Botox, don't get Botox. And stop just looking at how you look in the mirror and think mm. about all of the other things in your life that are way more important. I know that sounds a bit airy-fairy, but it is and, and anyway, really important. Like Botox is so common now, it doesn't seem to me... What's that, tragic is... It, yeah, it doesn't make anybody look longer. It just makes them look like they've had Botox. Yeah, that's, that, that's but also the, the difference. The tragedy is that it's women in their 30s are now getting Botox. Eleanor says women in my mid-20s yeah, are getting that, Botox. Exactly they haven't a wrinkle on their elbow, let alone their face. Yeah. Uh, that's, I but, think that's a terrible tragedy. the industry would, would kind of would revolve around the notion that the sooner you start, the less sign of a crack on your face will ever develop because your body... But that's baloney. Of that course has it is. To they be all baloney. end up looking like these big stretched out beach balls and, also and you it's have not to keep getting more looking, and more because what Botox however, does is it freezes your muscles so they're not going to work. So if you stop, your <laughs> face is just going to anyway. fall down. <laughs> yeah, but like Madonna, for instance, yeah, looks but like... Isn't, it's, it, uh, over like time, it looks more and more kind of grotesque looking. However... There was a time, like I remember, like like say in the nineteen eighties and nineties, when you know the kind of American ladies with the plastic surgery just looked like aliens to yeah. us. However, we live in a different world now, where because of people like the Kardashians who've been doing this stuff since we you know they were twenty, and a lot of people following them and the trend across it, and and it's not just Botox. There's loads of other interventions and blah 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 that people are doing that are what what are, what's actually happening. It's almost like there's been a split in the species, people choosing to do it <laughs> and people choosing not to do it. And the people who choose to do it go down this road where, you know, further, further but interventions. But what makes me crazy about all of it is the fact that it's all built on making women feel insecure about how they look, on making women feel they're not good enough uh, in, in naturally, that I they need these you. interventions. I agree with you in your analysis, but I'd also say that would apply to so many other industries. And it also does apply to to, to men in, in increasingly in terms of, because we, we live in a very visual culture and we live in a culture where everybody's expected to lurk a it's certain much way. more aimed at women and I, it still I, is. I accept that. It is a much bigger that. problem for women than I do it is accept for men. that. But what, what I'm saying to you is that the, the, the culture of the underlying problem has never been resolved for women and instead the if I can use a very uh, technical word the contagion of the, the problem is spreading through into into men as well and it's, it's happening so the problem has never been resolved and instead it's been accepted and it's underpinned and it's by the fact, over. as well as these big industries that are built around making women in particular feel insecure about how they look, it's underpinned by the fact that we live in a really ageist society which doesn't value mm. experience I or agree age. But the fact or actually, actually, the fact that you, when you pointed to examples of, like there are, of Meryl Streep, for instance, there are very few, few. examples of, uh, of mm. women or men to, mm. actually in, in the public eye. Yeah. Like, and, and it does seem to imply a lack of self-acceptance. I... Yeah. Came to a point where I realised I couldn't live on my 
pretty boy good looks forever. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> You're bastards, you two. <laughs> <laughs> but it is that thing of it is that thing of like of of what what does that actually mean, and what is this this kind of normative thing where everybody has to almost look the same? They're all doing the same makeup. They're doing the same eyebrows. They're doing the same thing. The guys all want the same six pack. They're all going to the same doing the same exercise. That whole culture is driven and so. It's so um, pers- what's the word I'm looking for? It's, yeah, so, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, yeah pervasive. Pervasive. Yeah. And and from that pers- from that point of view, the insidious nature of that is so deep and so kind of like that's really worrying that we don't actually approach that. But also, and- then there is the other thing of ageism. Like that affects every age, as, as mm. one of the callers just said, of women in their twenties getting Botox. But as you get older, you get the double whammy of the whole ageist thing. Like don't age because to age is to fail, particularly if you are a woman, and that is the greatest load of baloney. And what it does is it distracts women away from what they should be doing, which is stepping into their own power and being, you know, themselves in a really authentic way. So I hope this will go ahead and buy my book. You'll, yeah, you'll like that. It'll help yeah. you. Okay. I'll buy yeah, it too, yeah. It's Yeah, it's good the way she combined, you <laughs> know, a very serious issue yes. with, with sales. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, that was uh, genius. Always, excellent. I'm always, yes, there you I'm always uh, on message. Uh, what uh, is your uh, website again? Uh, uh, Barbaraskilly.com. Oh, yeah. Books wise up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, uh, Gordon, cancelled in about Gordon, two seconds. Yeah, Gordon yeah. says, there's nothing worse than all the plastic faces walking around today. Absolutely creeps me out. Helen Mirren is, uh, is what a beautiful older woman should look like. Uh, no, di- French is another one. She looks yeah. great. Uh, David says, my mate got married in Thailand to a young lady. He has a portrait of his wedding picture over the fireplace. His face looks like a pug, uh, but his portrait is photoshopped. Looks like someone ironed his face. How can people be so deluded? He can't see the comparison. Now he dyes his hair unnaturally black and Botoxes the eyes. It's purely a waste of cash, uh, says David. And uh, uh, someone else says that you you can anti-age. Uh, once you retire from shift work, uh, those people are literally <laughs> anti-age. <laughs> Barbara and Degna, thank you both uh, very much. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.